Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Eclipse. Eclipse was written by Stephanie Meyer and was published in 2007. And the film adaptation came out in 2010 and was directed by David Slade. Hmm. Doesn't really matter who directs these movies. They're all the same. (laughs) (laughs) We did another one. We did. We are here. We are ready. We have our three drink setup of water, wine, and tea. We're ready to go. As is tradition. (laughs) The three beverages of podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, and we we read a over 600-page book for this episode. 640 pages. So you better fucking like it. (laughs) (laughs) I had to carry this book around and read it in public. I have to get a new dentist because of this book. I don't know if I I didn't tell you this yet, Adina, but um, I got a dentist appointment yesterday and I left my book bag there. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, shit. So I was going to go back today to get it. And today, before I could go back, I got a call from the office saying, oh, hi, Ian. Like you left your book bag here yesterday. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be there later to pick it up. So I went there and they gave it to me. I'm like, oh, thanks. And the the lady was like, "Uh, you want to know how we found out it was yours? And I was like, oh, I just assumed like someone had saw or something like, no, she's like, well, we uh, we found that library book inside. So then we called the library and found out like who it was checked out to. So we would know who to return it to. And I was like, oh, So everyone knows <laughs> I read Twilight now. <laughs> so the library knows, the dentist knows. And not only like did they see my face, but they like heard my name and like yeah. wrote my name down. And they're like, oh, so Ian is reading the, <laughs> the third book in the Twilight series, Eclipse. <laughs> you know, that book that's 600 pages and he clearly must like Twilight. Why else would anyone read the third Twilight book? <laughs> Are so. you ashamed, Ian? I am a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only because they're kind of notoriously not good. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the genre, but also it's like the third of the series. So it's like <laughs> there's really like no other normal explanation as to why I would be reading them other than I really must like them. <laughs> so that's what's going on with me right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have to find a new dentist. <laughs> but but we did it. We both read it. We did. And we finished it. And it was long. This one is longer than the other ones. And the next one is going to be even longer. So, wow. This is just. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see about the next one. <laughs> I don't I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our previous two episodes on Twilight and New Moon, please, please, please listen to them. They are well worth your time, let me just say. We think so. <laughs> if my tone so far is any indication of our commentary on yeah. Twilight, then check out the other two episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're excited to be here and talking about the newest episode in yes. the Twilight universe <laughs> for the us. The newest part of the Eclipse <laughs> Or no, the Twilight Saga, yeah. as it's called, Eclipse. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so where where did we leave off from the last book? Well, in the last book, the last book ended and we were like, why did this book happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Bella saved Edward's life and now they're together. But then she's like, wait, I'm like friends with Jacob now. Mm-hmm. And that's like not cool anymore. Because you two were natural enemies yes but they hate each other yeah and not just because 
they they're both in love with Bella. Yeah. And but Bella and Edward are just back together living their lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, we forgot about the prologue. The prologue. Oh, my God. I, I yes. So <laughs> um, Stephanie Myers starts this book. Stephanie Meyer. Sorry. Stephanie Meyer starts this book like she does the other two mm-hmm. with a vague danger ridden dramatic dramatic foreshadowing flash forward yeah with bella yeah and it's always the same thing it's like i knew i would die but i didn't care because like someone i love was safe or i loved him or i was doing this for him or something like it's all that (laughs) very little description yeah just her being like well i'm gonna die this time probably (laughs) this is the time for me i'm going down i promise but yeah stephanie my really loves those foreshadowing openings yeah uh, the movie, we get something a little more interesting. We get a guy in a city who is stalked and hunted by a vampire. And, and then, it's raining. And it's raining. It's dramatic. And he's like, ah, and then he gets bitten. Yeah. And begins his transformation. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting because this is the character, Riley, who comes back periodically throughout the movie. Yeah. We see what's going on with him mm-hmm. in Seattle, the city he was in. Yeah. And in the m- book... Uh, this threat is vaguely alluded to, mm-hmm. but that character isn't brought up specifically until, until like the very the end. very end. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked getting uh, introduced to Riley a little early. Yeah, this reminds me of in the first movie where they hinted at um, James, Victoria, and Laurent yes. throughout the movie mm-hmm. to kind of get us like set up the final act which Mm -hmm. they did not do at all in the book and so it was very disorienting when they showed up so i appreciate that the movie was like oh we're gonna like hint at this again and i i did like that i did too it's i mean obviously the book is limited to bella's first person perspective so the movie takes advantage of being able to go to other places and locations and showing what's going on Mm -hmm. with other characters so i also appreciated their use of that and showing us Riley at the beginning and establishing him as a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to Bella and Edward. Um, everything seems fine between them, except Edward is like, yeah, but you can't see Jacob. <laughs> yep. That's my rule. Um, I know he's your friend, uh, but I don't trust him. Werewolves are dangerous. They're unpredictable. And he could hurt you. Yeah. So I'm calling the shots now. Yeah. You Ugh. can't do anything. Edward is so annoying at the beginning of this book. He like, is. He's so, like, he just down talks to Bella so much and it, like, trivializes her and is just like, you don't know what's best for you. I know no. what's best for you. Treats her like a child and is just like, no, I'm not going to let you do this. And, like, literally she can't resist him because he's, like, much stronger, faster, and, like, has a lot more on his side than she does. And she's, like, this weak, pathetic human being that's like, I'm going to get in my car and, like, go see Jacob. And Edward has already, like, dismantled her vehicle. Yeah. Well, and Edward has Alice, too. Yeah. And Alice can see the future and knows immediately if Bella's even thinking about going to see Jacob. Yeah. So there's this really terrible structure system around Bella. Yeah. Preventing her from seeing Jacob or just making any choices on her own. Yeah. I just want to point out that this is actual abusive behavior. Like, this is what men mostly men, but Mm -hmm. anyone will do in an abusive relationship when 
They want to control their partner. They will check up on them, ask them where they're going, tell them they can't go places, they can't see people, want them to only spend time with them, not see anyone else. Talk about their safety, acting like that's important, but really it's about control. And this is usually like, this is usually a lead up to like someone getting killed or like trying to kill you. Like this is a domestic violence situation. There's also like a lot of gaslighting too, where Edward's constantly telling Bella, like, um, you know, she doesn't understand or she's incapable of taking care of herself or trusting her own judgment that she loves danger. And it's like her fault when that kind of shit happens. Yeah. And she's a danger magnet as if she's doing it on purpose. So there's like a lot of like, levels of abuse going on in this like oh, psychological yeah. and stalking and so many different things and uh even though it's a book that's easy to make fun of it's very important to kind of like really point out what's going on here i just that scene with the truck really struck me yeah. as being very upsetting because literally imagine that you're gonna like go see your friend you go to your car and your partner has like sabotaged it yeah and now you can't leave like you're trapped like that is some like kidnapper type shit mm-hmm. that is like really horrifying and that whole scene i was just like oh this is so bad i feel so bad for her because she's so helpless he's she can't resist him physically he's got this future vision working with him mm-hmm. so Ugh. yeah it's uh it's uh pretty bad it's yeah pretty bad <laughs> the trip yeah. To see her mom. Uh, at the beginning of the second movie slash book, Bella received plane tickets that she could use from uh, Edward's quote unquote parents, Carlisle and Esme. Yeah. And Edward's finally like, hey, let's use those because they're going to expire. Let's go see your mom. Mm-hmm. And it's this whole thing with like her dad doesn't want her to go with Edward because of sex or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't like Edward anymore. No. Which... You can kind of, you can understand his caution, yeah. no matter what, to an extent. Charlie is horrible in this book in so many ways, but his, um, it sucks too because he starts off okay in this oh, yeah. story. He starts off being like, Bella, you need to spend time with your other friends, like not just Edward. Yeah. Like you have a life and basically tells her like, maybe if you had been spending time with other people last year, you wouldn't have literally lost your mind when Edward left. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was so surprising coming from Charlie. I know. Like, whoa, Charlie, you're really you, stepping up to the you're parenting actually, like, plate. like paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, good, good advice. Like, yeah. good, you know, attempt to help Bella in this situation. But then he's like, really like, almost like sabotaging towards Edward. Like whenever Bella's like mad at him, he's always like smug about it. And it's just, it's weird. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of shitty things Charlie does, but, um, anyway, so they decide to go to visit Bella's mom out in Florida. Yeah. And it was so weird because the book kind of just glossed over this trip. Completely cut. It's like they cut back and they're already like coming back from the trip. Yeah. And I was like, what? And Bella kind of like flashes back to it a little bit in her memory, but we don't get to actually see the scene go down between her and her mom when they're talking. And I thought that was really weird. Yeah, I did too. And especially because this came right after another section like that where they were going to go visit Esme. Yeah. One night, her and Edward were going to go out and visit her. And 
then it skipped over that completely. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, the trip. And then it skipped over the trip. I'm like, this book is 600 pages. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what are they like? <laughs> what could possibly fill this space? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what, is, what else is there possibly to say that we can't like yeah. get a full sequence of these events? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was edited out later and she just did like a, a memory. Oh, God, maybe. <laughs> God, I can't even imagine a longer version of this book existing. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. Man. Could be your nightmare come to life. <laughs> <It> could be. <laughs> uh, the movie kind of does a pretty good job with this scene, though. I like this scene in the movie. Where her and her mom just kind of have this heart-to-heart sitting out on the back porch. Where in the sun. In the sun. And Edward is... <laughs> Inside. In the shadows, <laughs> like a creep. But her mom and her have this heart-to-heart. And in the movie, she gives her a, a quilt... That's made up of uh, T-shirts from different trips they went on. Yeah. And it's this moment where, because I mean, obviously at this point, Bella is planning on being turned into a vampire later. Yeah. And kind of having to like abandon her family. Yeah. Like and not be able to see them anymore, especially at the beginning. Yeah, because she's going to be a bloodthirsty vampire at first. And how is she going to explain her appearance to her parents Mm -hmm. and everything? So she's going to just going to have to like cut off all ties. And she's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. But now we're seeing like, Maybe she's rethinking that. Yeah. And the scene with Renee, Bella's mom, is very touching. More in the movie because we actually see it happen. Um, And with this quilt, I thought that was really sweet, too. Her just being like, you're graduating soon. I'm so proud of you. I made this for you. Maybe one day you'll give it to your kids. And Bella's like, that's never going to happen for me. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. And I felt like the movie took on the subject of... Bella changing and gave it a lot more weight. Yeah. I'm not sure it necessarily went anywhere either. No. Like there's no dramatic decision. There wasn't really like a wrestling that Bella had with it. Like she kind of considers more than one viewpoint, Mm -hmm. but she never actively doubts her decision. No, but we do see her struggling and grappling with it a bit more in the movie. Yeah. As opposed to the book, which is just like, well, this is just how it has to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah, her just basically being like, oh, here's another reason not to change. Good thing I'm going to ignore it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blinders. <laughs> Which is interesting because I was reading that Stephanie Meyer has said that this book is all about uh, Bella's choice to become a vampire mm-hmm. and her like actually facing the consequence, consequences of it. So she's like said that's what it's supposed to be about. Yeah, I mean... There is with Jacob, obviously. Yeah. But But we don't ever see Bella like actively doubt. No. Her decision at all. So I don't know. I wish there was more indecision on Bella's part. I totally agree. Yeah. And I wish that was brought to light through more than just Jacob. Because Jacob is so toxic and problematic in this book. Yeah. That you're and just, so if he's the alternative to changing into a vampire, you're like, eh, eh, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, these options seem kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but more scenes like that one with Renee, where it was like, you know, I won't be able to see my mother again. Like she's going to die and I'll still be alive. Like how weird will that be? Like, what about Charlie? Like, what about, the relationships I have with my friends that I never mention or talk about <laughs> at all. All my friends. <laughs> um, 
Jenny, <laughs> Mike, uh, Angela, Angela, Tyler, Sh- Sherby, <laughs> Goose, <laughs> all my high school friends. Yeah, but it's just like, I don't know. It was it was just like, oh, I could be with Jacob or I could turn into a vampire, basically. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And that's so. That site is so limited to just, like, my romantic life. Yeah. It's like, but what about your parents and, like, a career and a future? And there's so many other things this impacts. But it's just like, oh, do I choose this cute boy or this cute boy? Yeah. Even though it's going to drastically alter the course of my future in every other way. Or to think, too, about, like, having children. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Bella's, like, young. But she doesn't even really consider that at all. No. And it's brought up a bit in the books. But she's just sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm... Edward and I will be together, but you know, does she want to have kids? If she doesn't, that's fine. But yeah. like, she's never even thinks about it. No. And and like you said, like a career. Like, is she passionate about anything? Does she want to like become something? Is she just going to be another vampire that does nothing, <laughs> sits around all day, and is just like, I'm like ageless? Or is she going to be a proactive go getter like Carlisle? Yeah. And have his life's calling and accomplish his yes. dreams and live his best life where's our carlisle spinoff i know like i want bella to be interested in something i want her to have something more than just being obsessed with edward mm-hmm. like what is she good at what does she want to give back to the world you know yeah. like i just want something from her <laughs> <laughs> you're very impassioned right now and i love it i am i don't know it, that just really struck me mm-hmm. just now in this moment like can't she care about something else besides edward yeah. Anything. And that's... It that's, could be anything. <laughs> Literally anything. She could be like, I'm going to be a dental hygienist that will like shame someone for leaving a book at <laughs> the dentist's office. It's my life's dream. That's <laughs> all I want. Well, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, anyway. That, that, was, that has been my uh, guidance counselor speech yeah. <laughs> that, I would, that I would give to high school Bella. I would get her into my office and I'd be like, do something. Literally, Bella, just get interested in one thing, anything, <laughs> anything. Well, I like cooking for Charlie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so, oh, yeah. So then when they return... We get another uh, moment of Edward controlling Bella where she has um, Alice literally babysit her, quote unquote. Yeah. And Bella's just not allowed to leave the house. Yeah. Or do anything. I'm like, don't bring Alice in on your terrible controlling behavior. Like Alice is supposed to be a little bit better. She's kind of annoying. Yeah. I only bring that up because I thought that that was like the peak of like Bella being controlled because Edward's not even around. Mm -hmm. But like. Alice has to Alice is being bribed to keep Bella in the house and like entertained, of course, but like she can't go out and do things. She's not allowed to. No, it's stupid. It's really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, But then. But then bad boy Jacob shows up (laughs) on his motorcycle at the school parked on the sidewalk. I love that (laughs) the movie captured the energy. Yes. When I read it. You just imagined it. Because, like, the way it was described, it was like Jacob was leaning against his black motorcycle parked illegally on the sidewalk. (laughs) And then when the movie does it, it has this, like, dramatic musical, like, 
cue when he turns around yeah and he's got his like hair slicked back and it's like super funny and you're like yes but that's like that's like peak where i want twilight yes i had a revelation the other day in fact adina what i think twilight missed its calling really because i think if twilight came out now Mm -hmm. the adaptations yeah this is this is perfect CW material. Oh, yeah. Like Riverdale. Like Riverdale. Yeah. This is like <laughs> right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. You could do. Riverdale is nuts now. Like they could get away with anything doing this. Like <laughs> they definitely. put it in the same fucking universe. Oh, cares, yeah. But like yeah. sexy teen vampire drama, you know, with werewolves. And, oh, yeah. I mean, there's not even that much like werewolfing or vampiring, to be honest. Yeah. Like. You could totally get away with it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's because like a movie eh, like is there enough to like pad out a movie? But if you like were given some more freedom. Yeah. With the story and the characters, mm-hmm. you could make a fucking series out of that. No problem. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be insane. <laughs> that's my pitch to the CW. <laughs> I'm willing to give it another shot. Twilight adaptations. If, if it's in a, a series, if form. it's a Riverdale esque <laughs> TV series, that'd be cool. So uh, Bella talks to Jacob and we kind of get this like weird encounter with Edward, Jacob and Bella where Ed, where Jacob's like, oh, you didn't tell her. And Edward's like, stay out of it. And he's like, she has a right to know. <laughs> and I know like, what's better for her. What? <laughs> <laughs> and Edward's like reading Jacob's mind and yeah. like, um, but essentially Jacob tells Bella that Victoria the convenient, dangerous plot device from book two has returned. Has returned. Or has she ever left? <laughs> <laughs> she is the vampire uh, who her partner was James killed at the end of book one. Yeah. And she is still out for vengeance to kill Bella so that Edward can feel the pain that she has felt. Yeah. Which makes no sense. No. She should just kill Edward. <laughs> she should just kill Edward. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. she's she's back, still trying to kill Bella. No surprise. Someone's always trying to kill Bella. Um, and so Bella's freaking out. And in the movie, she just like hops on Jacob's motorcycle and like leaves with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. Um, in the book, it takes some doing for Bella to escape. Yeah. I say escape because she describes it that way as escaping. Yeah. Cause the thing is, if she plans anything, Alice immediately knows, but what happens is Jacob pulls up on his motorcycle quickly and it's like, hurry up and get on. Yeah. And because it's not a decision she made ahead of time mm-hmm. and she just went with it. And then there's another scenario where she's at work and then she's leaving and then she makes a split second de- decision to just go yeah. as well. And so it's the same idea. And Alice's foresight powers don't work with werewolves because, you know. Reasons. Convenience. <laughs> <laughs> I love like all of the uh, things Stephanie Meyer has to come up with that doesn't just make everything super easy with Alice's like, yeah. powers. Because mm-hmm. if you can see the future, then I don't know. Like in this book, they kept having to be like, oh, there's too much for Alice to focus on. She can't. Like, yeah. Things are slipping past her. Or and- in like Victoria is using Riley to make the decisions. So we can't see like so Alice doesn't see what's happening. Yeah. I like Alice, but can we just kill her and then we don't have to like worry about this like future vision thing? <laughs> yeah, it's such a hard plot device to write around. It doesn't always work for sure. Mm-mm. 
Um, so Bella starts spending more time with Jacob around this time. And Edward, for some reason, is just decides to be fine with it one day. And I would be okay with this if he like explained how he felt, but he just doesn't. He's just Mm -mm. like, yeah, you can like hang out with him now and I'm, I'm completely fine with it. And it feels like a trap. It does. (laughs) It does. You're like, what, what's your fucking game? What are you trying to get out of this? Cause suddenly he's just so so perfectly cool about it. Yeah, except he like drops Bella off at the border between the wolf territory and the vampire area. And then like Jacob picks her up and Bella compares it very accurately to when uh, Charlie and Renee would like trade her off Uh, for like custody arrangements. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, You have the weekends, Jacob. It's your turn now. And it's super, but like if your car- if your parents like kissed you weirdly, like in front of each other to yeah. make like, the other person jealous. <laughs> if your parents kissed you weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Like Edward's like, mm, I'm going to like kiss you in front of Jacob before you go. And then Jacob's like, oh, hey, Bella. And like puts his arm around Let me around give you her. a big old bear hug. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's so, yeah. I think the movie at least made the right decision in having a little bit more tension between Edward and Jacob. Yeah. Uh, throughout the movie, because in the book, at this point, when Edward's fine with it, he's like weirdly totally fine with it. Yeah. And there feels like there's a weird lack of tension between them mm-hmm. for the rest of the book, where Jacob's like really mad at Edward, but Edward's like, meh. Edward's just like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. If, you'll, if you'll have something, let it, let it go, man. <laughs> and if it comes back to you, something, something, something. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I did like. I mean, he plays the the martyr too much. He which does I don't like, and it's like so because it makes Bella feel guilty. Yeah, and you're like, this is his long term goal, right? To Dude, make Bella. everyone in this book tries to make Bella feel guilty. Everyone, everyone, everyone. literally every person. That's what this, <laughs> this whole book. This whole book should be called guilt. The guilt. The guilting of Bella. Yeah. A Twilight Saga story. <laughs> Seriously, like Bella guilts or I'm sorry, Jacob guilts Bella about like not spending time with him and like, mm, don't you like love me, Bella? Aren't we friends? Don't and, you care about and me? And then Edward's like, Bella, it's fine. Like you just do what makes you happy and I'll be okay. Like if, it's totally fine. If leaving me makes you happy, then you should do Bella's that. Bella's like, oh no. And then Alice is like, oh, Bella, like you don't want me to like throw this party for you or like plan your wedding. Like this is everything that I've ever dreamed of. How could you deny this for me? And Bella's like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) That should just be every line of dialogue from Bella this whole story. She's like, oh no. no." (laughs) Like that comic of like the pink figure, just like the oh no guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's like Bella this whole story. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. So we get to spend some time with Jacob and Jacob informs us a lot about Werewolf culture, because this is the book where suddenly the floodgates open on every piece of backstory lore in this entire series. You know what fills those 630 pages? Exposition. So much exposition and story and backstory and... And to be fair, I actually find these portions of the book to be very interesting. They are. Are like these backstory portions, yeah. They're like probably the best parts of the book. Cause you know what? 
you know, Stephanie Meyer spends so much time in just the conversations that Bella and Edward have together. And I'm like, this conversation is so long. Can it oh, end? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> their conversations are like 20 pages yeah, long. Yeah. I'm like, please can it end? And then we get these parts where we get like more of the werewolf lore and like mm-hmm. finding out about like the legends of the um, Quileute tribe and like all this stuff, backstories of other vampires. And I'm like, yes, this is like super interesting. Why aren't the books about this? We always, we joked about that with <laughs> this with Carlisle's backstory, but like yeah. all of these backstories are all like pitches for better books than what Twilight they is. Are. I'm they like, are. like Carlisle being like, a doctor who's yeah. a vampire who's like learned to like restrain his urges to like save lives. Yeah, because he has a calling. Yeah, that is such a good story. It is. It's so much better than anything else. And there's a lot of stories like that yeah. in Eclipse that are just better movie than pitches. Eclipse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The first of these is the Quileute legends. Um, Jacob gives Bella a lot of like insider knowledge about what the werewolves are and how they work being in like a pack mind and they can hear each other's thoughts. And then Sam is the alpha and they literally can't like disobey an order that he gives. So that's like helpful for us to know. Mm-hmm. And then he explains imprinting to her, which Stephanie Meyer conveniently made up for this book <laughs> to explain how Bella and Jacob cannot be together because imprinting means that, any werewolf after he's changed will see a woman and she always use it, uses it in very, very heteronormative terms. Like it's oh. always she, oh, yeah. it's always her will see someone and it'll just be the one. It's basically love at first sight, but like destiny bullshit. Yeah. Werewolf nonsense. And it's so fucked up because it's just from the werewolf perspective that he imprints on her. Yeah. And suddenly he's like, okay, I'm yours and you're mine. Even if this person has like no idea. Yeah, who they could have they never are. met him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like this thing. And we're told about which one is it? Um, Quill? I think it's Quill. Oh my God. Because uh, Sam, we get the backstory of how Sam was with Leah, but then imprinted on Emily. Yeah, her cousin. There's too many basic white people names in this story. <laughs> That's why I can't keep like. I know. Track they're even anyone. Native American and they're given these stupid like. <laughs> Leah and Emily. Um, but uh, imprinted on Emily. And so then he had to just like leave Leah because he's like, well, I didn't imprint. I on have you. no choice. Yeah. And we're told that someone else has imprinted in his tribe in Jacob's tribe. And then we're told about Quill, mm-hmm. who is also imprinted on a two year old. Two year old. And Jacob is very quick to be like, it's not weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, it's weird. And Bella's like, it sounds kind of weird. Yeah. And Jacob's like, no, it's fine because like, it's not a sexual thing. It just means that you're obsessed with that person for forever. And you're like, okay. And then he's like, oh yeah. So Quill will just be like a great big brother to her, her whole life. And then when she gets older, he'll be like her best friend that she can talk to and share her secrets. And then when she's older, then they will be like Sam and Emily and they'll fuck. Yeah. So it's like, oh my God, it's not sexual now, yeah. but it will be. It will be. That whole time that he's like taking care of this two-year-old, he's like, I'm going to fuck you later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and this is like, this is what is so baffling because Stephanie Meyer 
writes so many of these stories and characters and interactions, and they are textbook abuse. Oh yeah, and this textbook. is this is another case of um, uh, grooming. Grooming. Thank you. I always blank <laughs> uh, of grooming, where yeah. you find someone who's underage. Yeah, and you befriend them, and you kind of connect gain with their them, trust. gain their trust. And wait for them to get older so then you can fuck them. Yeah. Whether it's just old enough to be like, uh, I don't know, mature or, or like trust you puberty. More. Yeah. Or legal age. Either one. It's still grooming during that mm-hmm. time period. Uh, that recently happened with um, uh, Drake and Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. From some people were Things. calling him out saying that it was a form of grooming. Yeah. Because yeah. people found out that Drake and Millie Bobby Brown were like communicating and texting. People were like, hey, that's weird. Don't fucking do that. Like, I don't care if she agrees to it or not. She's underage and she can't really yeah. have an adult friendship like that because it's weird. Mm-hmm. But people, yeah, accused him of grooming because it probably was. Yeah. And this happens a lot. Um, it's really sad. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Talking about, I mean, R. Kelly as well. Like that's mm. going on right now. And he's a textbook grooming abuser. Um, but yeah, we also find out um, kind of like the history of them changing into wolves and everything. Yeah. And then we hear the story of the third wife, mm-hmm. which Bella really likes. And it's basically <laughs> about how when the vampires first appeared and the wolves were like fighting them, um, the third wife of the tribe chief who was like the lead werewolf um she ends up like stabbing and killing herself so that it distracts the vampire yeah so that the wolf can kill it because it was just the leader of the pack now the older uh werewolf leader who was fighting the vampire and he mm-hmm. was way outmatched and so this was the only way to distract the vampire yeah with I, the smell of her own blood yeah but we were like, why does she stab herself in the chest? Like, yeah. Like, why was why that? Why she just, like, cut her arm a little bit? Like- yeah. <laughs> like, any amount probably would have would have done, right? I yeah. don't know. But anyway, it works. And that's the story of the third wife. And that so Bella's, Bella's like, like, I'm wow. going to totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> writing, writing that down for later. Saving that for later. I love a story of a woman whose only way of helping is bleeding everywhere. (laughs) That sounds right up my alley. You know what's great about this story is that the third wife has no name. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of the patriarchy right there. Just just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no name. (laughs) Sacrificing herself and... Old no name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how we'll never always forget her. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So we get all of this all pretty close together in the the book. Yeah. And in the movie, too. Mm -hmm. Also in the movie, the movie conveniently leaves out the imprinting on a two-year-old element. Yeah, the movie's like, let's just move on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's save that for later, maybe. (laughs) Let's save that for the fourth. (laughs) (laughs) Man. So, yeah. So, where are we now in the story? So, Jacob decides to use this opportunity to tell Bella how he really feels. Mm. Because Bella's like... At graduation, I'm going to be turned into a vampire. Like, at graduation. While on the stage. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. That would be great, (laughs) That would be funny. (laughs) So Jacob's like, well, I got to tell you how I feel now. Which I respect 
that idea that being like, sure, she's going to turn herself into a vampire. She should know that I care about her and she should be able to make that decision. Great. Jacob, except he decides to kiss Bella without her consent. Yep. And Jacob is way stronger than Bella. So she literally can't pull her face away from his face. And it's it's terrible, and Adina's getting her book out because I know she wants to read a little excerpt from it, which is... I'm just going to read a little part of very, this. Very, very... It's, it's very... Once again, textbook abuse that somehow does not seem to be addressed properly, but here... Not addressed as abuse. His lips crushed mine, stopping my protest. He kissed me angrily, roughly, his other hand gripping tight around the back of my neck, making escape impossible. I shoved against his chest with all my strength, but he didn't even seem to notice... His mouth was soft, despite the anger, his lips molding to mine in a warm, unfamiliar way. I grabbed at his face, trying to push it away, failing again. He seemed to notice this time, though, and it aggravated him. His lips forced mine open, and I could feel his hot breath in my mouth. Acting on instinct, I let my hands drop to my side and shut down. I opened my eyes and didn't fight, didn't feel, just waited for him to stop. It worked. The anger seemed to evaporate, and he pulled back to look at me. He pressed his lips softly to mine again, once, twice, a third time. I pretended I was a statue and waited. Yeah. I I would love to just, like, count how many, like, forceful adjectives are used. Like, yeah. Like, aggressively, angrily. forced, angrily, like, holding me tightly. Like, she just, like, I don't know. It's just really upsetting. And it is described as assault later i believe yeah like i think bella does call him out later but it's so weird because it's acknowledged as that but then it's also kind of completely swept under the rug yeah but then it's like well just he did it because he like loved her though and he was trying to like change her mind and so it's fine and it is written off that way yeah like she's upset about it and she's upset about it for a while and then jacob does apologize about it later but again it's like explained away like oh well i just did it because i like love you Yeah. And it's totally okay because I needed to tell you. Yeah. And you needed to know. And you wouldn't know unless I put my mouth on your mouth. Yeah. Because that's the only way you can figure it out. Mm -hmm. So and he also gives her this ultimatum of either you love me and you want to be with me or I'll get out of your life completely. Yeah. Like this is throughout the entire story. Jacob just cannot come to grips with the fact that Bella cares about him. But just not in a way where she is attracted to him yeah. sexually. Yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, I don't get it. Why would you want to hang out with me unless you wanted my D? Yeah. She punches him for kissing her and breaks her like hand. Yeah. Because it's like punching a hand. wall. Yeah. And he takes her back to his house. And this is the part that was the most upsetting for me, which is when Charlie's there and he's like, what happened? And Bella's like, I punched Jacob. He's like, why did you punch him? And he's like, cause he kissed me. And Jacob's like, good for you, kid. Like good Char- for you. Charlie says that. Oh yeah. To Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. It, like he like congratulates him. Yeah. And oh my God, I took so many notes because Charlie, first of all, does not, yeah, like does not care about Bella, like her hand being broken. No, he's not concerned about her. Oh, what happened? Because like, oh, you get hurt all the time. And when she tells him, he's like, oh, good for you, kid. Like, because Charlie has clearly shown favoritism towards Jacob over Edward. Yeah. This whole story. But for him to congratulate Jacob on assaulting his his daughter. daughter. Yeah. 
And to not show any concern about how she's injured right now. It was the worst Charlie has been. It was the the entire series. And like later on in the book, he says something to her later, like, well, you know, I, you know, if if someone kisses you without your consent, like you should punch them. Like, that's fine. He like kind of goes back on it later. Yeah. But it was like too little too late. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he said one thing in front of Jacob and then another when Jacob wasn't there felt very like backhanded and like kind of conniving to me. Yeah. Like being like shaming Bella in front of Jacob and then privately being like, well, you know, I didn't mean it. Like, it's fine. It was, was also like, yeah. It was also very disturbing because in the book, when Jacob takes her back to Charlie's, Jacob goes in with her and yeah. he's just super cocky. He sits down like nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like invading their space and just kind of like taking control of the situation. Yeah. And not giving Bella like a safe place, like after no, she's been assaulted. assaulted. Yeah. Um I just also want to briefly highlight Edward's reaction. He tells Jacob, he threatens him and says, if you ever bring her back damaged again, mm-hmm. like I'll have something to say to you and like I'll kill you or something, whatever. But like the way that he referred to it, like bring her back damaged like she was an item. He also at one point says like she's mine. Yeah. Like like possession, possession. of her. Yeah. Like you damaged my belonging. Mm-hmm. Not like you hurt someone I love. It's very loaded language. It's super weird. Now, I will give the movie credit where credit's due. Oh, yeah. It handles the situation much better. It does. Yeah. Um, when Jacob returns her to Charlie's. Jacob seems ashamed. Yeah. He seems like very like not wanting to say what happens. Mm-hmm. And Charlie does not congratulate him in any no. way. Yeah. And Edward seems just more upset. That Bella's hurt. Yeah. 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 The whole the whole situation. I mean, the kissing is still like terrible. Yeah. But it's I mean, handled a lot better. It's hand the aftermath especially is handled like way better. Mm-hmm. So little a little credit on the movie's half. The movie does do that in several instances. Yeah. Where it kind of writes some of the wrongs of the book. Yeah. Where it's like, Ugh. You're like, this is kind of weird the way this goes down. Let's <laughs> let's change this a little bit. Let's not talk about um falling in love with babies. <laughs> and let's avoid fathers congratulating his daughter's assaulter. Yeah. And maybe a couple other parts. Yeah. If they're a little. One great part that they change is that they decide to make Jessica valedictorian of the class. Yes. Which I love because Jessica is our favorite character. I uh-huh. think we all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> she had the best line yeah. in the entire second movie, which was improvised. Yeah. When she's talking about a, uh, a zombie movie they saw. Yeah. And her voice just in the background, she's like. Yeah, I think it was like a metaphor for consumerism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's amazing. And Anna, Anna Kendrick is amazing in this role. Um, in the book, like someone else is valedictorian. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the movie, like Anna Kendrick gives this really great speech. It's like life is all about making mistakes and like living our best lives. And it's ironic because Bella will never get a chance to like fuck up and make mistakes and like grow up because she's just going to become a vampire. So I get, Mm -hmm. I get that analogy. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. It used the valid Victorian speech well to once again, kind of instill that like doubt in Bella, Mm -hmm. which I thought was effective. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so 
Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> what else is going on? There are vampires out there in Seattle, just like tearing shit up. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, again, this whole time. You mean another spree of murders happening in the background of the story? Oh my god! Just to add a sense of unease. Yes, there's like. <laughs> One scene in the book where Bella reads a news article that's like too long. Oh, it's way too <laughs> it long. It was really long. And I was like, why is this article about murders in Seattle so long? <laughs> <laughs> but in the movie, it's cool because we actually get to see what's happening. Like we said earlier, like yeah. leave Bella's first person perspective and see what's going on. And we actually see the Volturi come and kind of like check check the situation out and be like, What's going on? Do we need to intervene with this? Um, what's happening with these crazy newborns killing everyone in Seattle? Yeah. And we get Riley controlling these newborns or trying to. Yeah. And we also find out who's behind everything. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. It's Victoria. It's Victoria. Like the Bella, o- Bella's revelation about what's going on is so dumb. Both times she has it. Yeah. Because she's like, wait, the person that came into my house to like look at my stuff is involved with the newborn army. And then later she's like, Victoria is behind the newborn army. I'm like, obviously (laughs) like there's only one person that's trying to kill you right now, Bella. Yeah. It's probably them. (laughs) When she had that revelation about the army and the person who broke into her house and it's in the book because in the movie we actually do see it's Riley. Yeah. So the audience has already fed that. But in the book, when she has that revelation, I was like, oh, uh, I, I thought I, was... I thought we already. Co- I, thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were supposed to assume this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it was such a non surprise. I was like, I literally thought this was supposed to be like we were figuring this already. Yeah. But I guess not. <laughs> it's the big reveal. OK, so after the graduation party that we were very confused about in the book. Yeah, because it sounded like oh, a graduation party for Bella, you know, the kind that you have like a month or so. It's like a picnic. You yeah. Like, yeah. But it was the night of graduation. Yeah. But it sounded like a typical graduation for Bella. Like it sounded like she was the highlight of it. Yeah. So we were very confused about that. Yeah. The movie was just like, oh, we're throwing a party. It's like, yeah, it's like an actual like party for teenagers like no adults are here yeah (laughs) uh but so jacob shows up yes and he kind of gives an apology to bella to bella in the movie it felt more genuine yeah in the book he just feels so cocky and arrogant i know and like joking around with her but like being overly aggressive about it and and then like guilting her on the side as usual and he's like oh here have this like cute little wolf charm that I made you I guess mm-hmm. you don't want it and she's like oh no what is it like tell me oh uh, stop <laughs> let me see it but while he's there he finds out about this newborn vampire army and that they're coming after Bella for some reason and so he and Alice and Edward kind of all start talking about this and basically Jacob's like oh, we're going to get in on this. Yeah. Like, if there's a chance that we can kill some vampires, like, we are there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Jacob and the other shirtless wolf boys are basically signed on to help out with this situation. Yeah. And we then get a training montage mm-hmm. where they all meet in the woods with the wolves showing up to, like, watch yeah. from the, the in forest. Wolf form. In wolf form. And Jasper is going to give them 
an orientation on how to take down newborns. Yeah. And we find out that Jasper's past is maybe a little a little shady, <laughs> a little dangerous. A little dangerous. Perhaps our next pitch for the next Twilight spinoff. <laughs> he's Texas a, Jasper. <laughs> he's a Texas Texan Confederate general. And 17, but signs up early for the army. Mm-hmm. And Quickly rising through the ranks. Yes. And meets a mysterious woman one night who changes him into a vampire mm. and brings him into a world of more war. Yes. He left a world of war <laughs> and enters one that has even more war in it. And we find out about how, like, apparently in the South, which just means, like, Mexico. Uh, <laughs> that is true, isn't it? They say the South, but they just mean Mexico. They really do. Uh, vampires, like, compete over territory. So, and they compete with each other. And the easiest way to fight each other is to create newborns because newborn vampires are the most powerful and the most destructive. So if you create a ton of newborn vampires, you can just kind of, like... They're hard to control, but you can just kind of like herd them at the enemy Mm -hmm. and they'll like take them all out and then you win. So Jasper was part of this like war between vampires where they created all these newborn armies. And and he he was especially good at controlling them because he has the ability to kind of like control people's emotions. Yeah. And kind of like if a room is tense, like being able to put everyone at ease. Calm people down. And so he was able to use his power to help control and guide all these newborn vampires yeah and eventually he was able to escape and kind of like find his own way and eventually find alice and then the cullens which is interesting because he's like i could influence other people's emotions but also i can feel what other people are feeling so every time i killed someone whether it was a vampire or a human to feed I felt it and it started mm. to like fuck me up. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. like, this is so interesting. Like, <laughs> give us a story about like his slowly evolving conscience. And then he like meets Alice one day and she's like, I can show you a better way. Yeah. It's great. So interesting. <laughs> Possibly only topped by Rosalie's story. Yes. Rosalie was just. A gal in the 1920s, yes. the daughter of an affluent family mm-hmm. who was spoiled, rich, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> a whole world in front of her. Yeah. And engaged to a dapper young man from the King family. Royce King. Royce King. Has there ever been a richer name <laughs> than Royce King? The banker's son. The banker's son. <laughs> but one night she comes across him when he's drunk and his rough group of friends yeah and uh this isn't funny to joke about anymore (laughs) yeah then they like rape her or rape her and then try to kill her it's not clear no uh but basically she is sexually assaulted and then left to die um but she does not die because carlisle finds her yes and changes her into a vampire and rosalie's like cool i'm a vampire now now I'm going to, like, kill everyone. Everyone. This is like, <laughs> yes. This is like Kill Bill with vampires in yes. the 1920s. And I love it. I do, too. I was like, yes, 
yes, more of this. Cause she's telling Bella this story. Cause she's like trying to convince her to not become a vampire. But I feel like the story actually like convinces <laughs> Bella to be a vampire. <laughs> you don't want to become a vampire. You can only get sweet, sweet revenge on everyone who's fucked you over. Yeah. So Rosalie's like, yeah, all these guys that like sexually assaulted me and left me to die. I just like slowly picked them off one by one. And then I saved Royce for last. So he would know I was coming. Yeah. And she was like, I was a bit theatrical back then. And she wore a wedding dress <laughs> when she showed up and like killed his guards and yeah. then murdered him. Well, and she was also like, I never drank their blood. Mm-hmm. I, I killed them so that no blood was shed because I didn't want any part of them in my body. And I was like, you go, <laughs> like you go. And then I was like, but Rosalie, why didn't you keep up with this? You could have become like a superhero vigilante. Yes. Like a Batman type figure that kills like rapists, kills mm-hmm. like child predators, like goes out and cleanses the world and like doesn't drink their blood because she's like, I refuse to let any yeah. part of you inside me and taint me. Like she could have been that. And That's she always wears a wedding dress. Too. Yeah. Yeah. The bride. The bride. Like in Kill Bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if Jasper's story <laughs> didn't tickle your fancy. Oh, Rosalie is this top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Why aren't we reading that story? I don't know. I don't know. And we like, I forget. I think in like the first book, Edward said like for the time that he was like kind of drinking human blood for a while, he like only drank like murderers and like terrible people's blood or something. And I was like, okay, not interesting. But then when it's like Rosalie, like taking revenge and then like being like this avenging angel bride, I'm like, ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. She has a calling. Oh, man. And then she just stopped. She's like, and then I found like a boyfriend and Emma was fine. <laughs> so, and then she's like, but don't become a vampire, Bella, because like you can't have a baby. <laughs> the Bella vampire conflict feels like to me. Yeah. They're like, don't become a vampire, Bella. It's great. You don't have to sleep. You're super strong. You sparkle in the sunlight. Yeah. yeah you might get other superpowers like reading minds or seeing the future who knows who knows (laughs) it's all great except for um a small part where you might kill people that's it that's the only price you pay yeah so (laughs) also if you're edward you might lose your soul (laughs) such a drama queen yeah speaking of edward and being a fucking drama queen Bella decides around this point that she's going to seduce Edward (laughs) and get him to sleep with her. Yes. (laughs) She's been trying this whole time to get Edward to sleep with her, but he's like, no, don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm disgusted by you. Yeah. (laughs) I could just crush your head like a grape. Yeah. And I don't want to. That whole thing. But I do, but I don't. (laughs) So Bella is like, have sex with me. I want it. And he's like, no, I could literally kill you. And she's like, well, you said that you would like give me any human experience that I want because you want me to stay human. And he's like, yeah, but not that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. This whole scenario feels like a complete setup. It lasted 
like 20 pages. Longer than that, and, probably. And went nowhere. Well, also, I'm offended that he implies that having sex before marriage could maybe not qualify you from going to heaven or like. Yeah. It would taint your soul. And I'm like, where do you live, Edward? <laughs> where do you live? <laughs> Seriously. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, it was, I just laughed so hard because like the whole setup is like the setup of like this erotic scene where we're yeah. like, we can't do it, but I want to, but we can't, I could kill you. I'm too strong, Yeah, but I want it. And like that whole buildup with none of the payoff. Not, they do, they do not bang. It just, <laughs> en- it just ends with them being like, Bella somehow agrees to get married. Yeah. <laughs> That's how this all ends. Yeah. He's like, I'll only have sex with you. If you agree to get to marry me and then I'm not even going to like have sex with you now because you agreed to marry me. Like we have to wait until marriage. Bella's like, how, how did I how fall did into this, this trap? <laughs> <laughs> I like wrote a note down when I was taking notes about this. So it's like, Bella is ashamed to marry Edward and she should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a weird dynamic. Yeah. And Cause he's like, Oh, isn't this funny? Usually aren't the roles reversed Yeah, where I'd be wanting sex and you'd be wanting to wait till marriage. Like it's, it's not funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's not like, I'm glad Bella has like a healthy sexual desire, Yeah, but I'm also mad that you're just like snuffing that out. Yeah. Once again, Edward is calling the shots in their relationship. Once again. Yeah. Withholding the D <laughs> <laughs> for control. <laughs> yep. But she agrees to marry him, and they're like, okay, now we have to, like, do the plan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We got to do the thing that we promised to do. Yeah. So they construct their plan where basically they use... I'm going to go through this quickly. (laughs) They're going to use Bella's scent to lure all of the newborns into, like... The field. A clearing because they're tracking her, but then they're going to carry her off to a safe space by masking her scent with Jacob's scent so they don't follow her. And then she guilts Edward into staying with her at the campsite instead of fighting because she can't bear to lose Edward. But I guess everyone else is expendable. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'd rather hurt the chances of everyone else getting out alive if it guarantees you're safe. Yeah. Which is pretty fucked. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. So, but that's what happens. That's the plan. (laughs) And for some reason, they go up to this mountain like, the night before? The whole a whole day before, up on this mountain. Yeah. And it's June. Yeah. But there's a snowstorm. And they're prepared, yet somehow they're not prepared. Because <laughs> Bella is freezing to death. Yeah. This whole thing, Adina, this whole thing is so It's such contrived. an elaborate ploy. And I was telling Ian, I read fan fiction. I am a proud fan fiction reader. I love it. Twilight veers very close to fan fiction in many ways. This was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like a trope (laughs) in like all the fan fictions. Like, oh, no, she's cold and they have to like warm each other up or like, oh, no, there's like only one bed. Like what will happen? (laughs) And it's just this elaborate ploy Mm -hmm. to get two characters together where they normally wouldn't or they like never would for some reason. And so Bella and Jacob have to share a sleeping bag Mm -hmm. because Bella is cold (laughs) and Jacob is warm. Which it's like, okay, I get there's a snowstorm, but that doesn't mean it's that cold. Yeah. And Bella's like, 
fully dressed in a sleeping bag. And also, Edward, like, always overprepares for everything. Like, yeah. wouldn't he have brought a heater? Like... Or anything. Yeah. The bell is like, I'm going to freeze to I'm death. I'm literally dying. <laughs> and Jacob's like, did I hear? And Jacob's like, mm, 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 mm. get it, get it, get it. <laughs> As he like Edward's, takes his clothes off and, Edward, and gets into bed. With her, <laughs> and, and Edward's <laughs> like, can you stop? <laughs> Edward's like, I see everything you're thinking about, Jacob. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I just I'm just picturing Jacob stripping as he like slides into bed he like Bella. slowly like dances his way into the sleeping bag <laughs> just while a grumpy Edward watches it's from just the like corner watching. this is the scene that I was like is this <laughs> he has like breakaway pants that he like rips off I was like, does Edward like get off on like Bella being with someone else? Like he just sits there and watches them. Yeah. And it's so weird. I mean, he is constantly saying like, Bella, if you feel like you have to be with Jacob, that's <laughs> just okay. know that I would be in on that. <laughs> just know I'd be watching from the window. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God. We also get a great line from the movie where they're arguing about it. And Jacob's just like. I mean, we both know I'm hotter than you, <laughs> which is just, yeah, it was perfectly Such a dumb line, but it was like, once again, like that right amount of cheesy that I want from like a Twilight movie. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, seems fine. Yeah. And then Bella has a convenient dream where she can hear Jacob and Edward talking about her, but she's asleep. Like, this is where the first person narration really breaks down. Like. I thought, yeah, I guess. I just thought she was like, she was awake. I didn't think she was describing it as a dream. No, she described it as a dream. Oh, boy. Yeah. I really skimmed this part. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest. (laughs) We had already watched the movie by that point. I'm like. (sighs) I know what's happening. I know. I I get it. I get the gist. This is just one of those another is another twenty page conversation that I know. goes nowhere. No, it's basically just, they're both like, yeah, I'm gonna try to win. Yep, me too. Yep. There's like some like begrudging respect. Yeah. And like there are some things that are learned. Like Jacob finds out Edward doesn't want her to be a vampire. Blah blah blah. But like ultimately, where does this go? No, nowhere. <laughs> no. And then the next morning. Jacob finds out that Bella and Edward are going to get married. And this, like, crushes him. He's like, how could you do this? This is somehow worse than you becoming a vampire for some reason. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And there's this whole confrontation scene between Bella and Jacob where Jacob is like, you know what? If you're going to just do this and get married and become a vampire, then I'm going to go down in that fight. And I'm just going to, like, let myself be killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just like, life is not worth living for me anymore. Maybe I'm just going to go down there and let nature take its course. And then you won't have to worry about me anymore, Bella. And then Be- you can live your life and be happy. And Bella's like, oh, no. And Bella's like, what? No, don't do that. Like, I'm so gullible. And everyone guilts me this whole book. So yeah. why would I change my course now? <laughs> and she's like, don't do it. And uh, in the so. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> In the movie, once again, it's a little better. Yeah. Where Jacob still pulls this ploy, but then as he's walking away, she says, kiss me. Yeah. 
And then he's like, okay. He's like, sure, sure. <laughs> and in the book, though, he like further, he like has to hint at it he so much. He pokes her yeah. so much to be like, don't you want me to do something? Maybe kiss you. Maybe if you asked me to yeah. do something that would occupy maybe I my mouth. Ma- <laughs> maybe I wouldn't kill myself. Something that would occupy my mouth for a while. Like, I don't know. And, yeah. And so finally she gets the hint and asks him to kiss her. And so he does without waiting a second. Yeah. And it's another terrible, uncomfortable scene where Bella is just doesn't want to. She's just letting him do whatever he wants to her. Yeah. And once again, the book is worse because during the scene, he tells her like, oh, you can do better than that. Yeah. Because she's like not really responding to his kiss because she doesn't want to kiss him. No. And then he's like. I'm going to need more than that if I'm not going to murder myself down there, Bella. So think about that while you want to kiss me. Like, (laughs) let that get you in the mood a little. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, the book, in the book it's described as she gets mad at Jacob and tries to pull away from him. He mistakes it for passion because he doesn't respect her. And starts to kiss her more because he feels like she's responding to him. And then when he kisses her more, that makes Bella realize that she loves him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense at all. No. In the movie, it's just like he starts kissing her and then she just suddenly like reacts to him and starts kissing him back. Yeah. I mean, both in both scenarios, it's not, it is not healthy. It's not good. This is not a good way to kiss someone. But it's a little bit better in the movie because it's not as twisted, I yeah. feel like. And it just kind of gets it so get gets it over with yeah. to an extent. Yeah, where is the book? Yeah, Bella just realizes that she loves him. I'm like, what? And then there's this whole thing where she imagines their life together and like sees their children and it's so weird. I don't I don't I'm know. Like, why has Jacob earned your trust and respect now. Yeah. What on earth is any of this? So. So anyway, he's like, I guess I won't kill myself now. <laughs> but I'm still going to go to the fight. Yeah. And in the movie, Edward sees it. And in the book, Edward just knows. Yeah. And I was so mad because in the book, Edward, like, doesn't care. No. And he just kind of, like, almost laughs about it. He's like, oh, man, like, I, uh, what did he say? Like, I miss... Jesus underestimated I, thank you oh my god <laughs> wow my brain was really uh struggling for that one i underestimated how far he would go to win you yeah and acting like it's a game yeah once uh. again like oh man he's pretty he's pretty clever that one yeah and once again it's like jesus bella do you really think he was gonna kill himself yeah like don't blame her <laughs> yeah it's not her fault everyone is being a tool <laughs> like jesus christ yeah so in the book we experience this fight that happens just through edward narrating narrating <laughs> oh now they're oh no oh no they're fighting now oh god <laughs> another fight oh no there's limbs everywhere jesus oh god <laughs> just it's so dumb he's like reading it through Seth, the other wolf that's there yeah. with them. He's like a radio like announcer <laughs> being like, OK, and then we've got Jackson on third. Oh, he, he's he's hit a home run. OK, she's running. Oh, no, she's out. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or like that news commentator when he watches the Hindenburg like yeah. explode. He's like, oh, my God, the humanity. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully in the movie, we at least get like a... We se- get a fight scene. We get a decent... And I have to say, 
This movie stepped it up really well from the last one. With the, the effects. The wolf effects are better. The fighting scenes were better. That running sequence. Yes, there's a running sequence earlier, an earlier chase scene with the vampires that is pretty convincing. It's yeah. pretty effective, like the way they get the effect of them sprinting. Mm-hmm. And I think the key to that is cutting away quickly. Yeah. Where you, if you watch it too long, I think it becomes like obvious, obvious that it's like weird. Yeah. But if you cut enough, like it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But all the action and effects of this movie were pretty Pretty decent. Yeah, it was a cool fight scene. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I I was very surprised by it, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fight happens. They kill all the newborn vampires. Suffer no casualties. No, I had such a problem with this because the entire book they keep saying that like, oh, it's not going to be a problem. Don't worry about it. Like yeah. they're newborns. I know they outnumber us, but but it, we got the wolves. We're fine. Yeah. And it was. Yeah, and it was fine. Yeah. There's like no tension. No. At all. Yeah. At the beginning. At least have them not know if it's going to be. Yeah. If they're going to win. Oh, God. I don't know. Like, there's so many of them. Like, blah, blah, blah. But no. Or maybe kill off Esme. Like, she's not really a character in this (laughs) book. (laughs) She says she has like no lines. I think she has one line in the movie when they're going to kill that girl. And she's like. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, like, she's... Wait, who is that? <laughs> Wait, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Bella and Edward are up in the mountains, but Victoria and Riley find them anyway. Mm-hmm. And Riley ends up in this fight with Seth, the werewolf. And then Victoria and Edward are in this standoff. And Bella's like, now's my chance. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's my time to shine, she said, <laughs> as she grabbed a rock and stabbed her arm. So wait, I just need to bring this up. In the book, she doesn't stab herself. She Does she cut her arm? No. What? What does she do? So I reread it. In the book, she grabs the rock, holds it up to her arm, and then she takes a little gasp before she's going to cut herself. And that the gasp is what Edward hears and what Victoria hears and it throws her off. Oh, what? And they never talk about her having like a wound. Oh, I know. It's so weird. Like she doesn't get a chance to cut herself because her just thinking about killing herself is enough of a distraction, I guess. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Because later when Edward's approaching her and he's like, it's okay, I'm not going to hurt you. But she's still holding it against her arm like she's going to do it. When he was approaching her, I thought he was saying that because she was bleeding. And he's like, I'm not going to attack you even though yeah. you're bleeding. Oh. It's so weird. That is weird. In the movie, she just cuts herself a little bit on her arm. Like, not yeah. deep. And that Like distracts- the third wife should have done yeah, instead like, of stabbing <laughs> instead herself of in the chest. literally killing herself. And it distracts Victoria and Edward is able to kill her. Yeah. And also the other one. Yeah. Riley <laughs> gets killed. Yeah. It also- Seth takes him down. <laughs> Oh my, yeah, no, he, I love it. He, like, it. rips him to shreds. Yeah, he does. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it in the movie. He gets pulled off screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it also annoyed me in the book, but I guess it not as much now, since she didn't actually cut herself. But yeah. Edward was like, why were you going to do that? And she was like, to help you guys. And he was like, Seth was just playing dead at one Yeah. Because it seemed like Seth was down. Uh-huh. But he's like, Seth was just playing dead to get the upper hand. And she was like, oh. So it was like... She, yeah, she was completely useless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that small little thing that she could have done. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not even that. Not, not even, even that. She couldn't even do that. No. <laughs> Thanks. 
Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> In the movie, though, she just cuts herself a little bit. The blood distracts Victoria. Edward kills her, and then he wraps up the wound. It's fine. We It doesn't need to be addressed. Yep. It's fine. That's it. Yeah. And it worked much better. It did. Especially now that I know what actually happened. Yeah. That's weird. It was a confusing part, though. What I think, just because since we saw the movie, I guess maybe we were also immediately thinking that was... Well, what... and I think we're we're given that impression, too, because that's what Bella, like, wants to do the whole time. She's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to, like, stab myself later. Like, I'm going <laughs> to save this. <laughs> And stab myself later. Like my role model, the woman with no name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Jacob didn't get out unscathed. He got hurt from trying to help Leah. Yeah. And so. And then the Volturi show up. Oh, yeah. Then the Volturi show up. And And they're like, we could have been here earlier, but we just wanted to fuck with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) But our Uber was late. (laughs) Yeah. And then they leave again. It's so pointless. Mm-hmm. After they kill like one vampire that was left. Yeah. For some reason. So, yeah. I, yeah. And then this is the part of the book that really started to drag for me. Oh, my God. I like know. there's still so much left. Not like a lot. left. Like 50 pages. Yeah. And like all the action is over. And then like Bella has to like lie to Charlie and Charlie is like, oh, I had the weirdest day, Bella, and like explains it too much. And then. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like. Jacob is injured. I have to go talk to him. And she and Edward just basically have the talk that they should have had at the beginning, which Bella has been trying to tell him in the beginning, which is like, I love you. And she admits that she's in love with him, but that she loves Edward more. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. So fuck you. (laughs) Get fucked. Yeah. (laughs) It changes nothing. Yeah. And Jacob like apologized for tricking her, Mm -hmm. but then also said I would have done it again. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of person are you he's like i just wanted you to, to admit that you had feelings for me and i mean she does have feelings for him but i don't think that the way that he got her to admit it she was could also good. just have like stockholm syndrome yeah or like a serious like yeah she could just feel like a lot of guilt and yeah be thinking that it's love yeah I don't know. This book is like one character away who's like a psychologist to like explain to Bella yeah. like every fucked up thing that's happening to her from being like a good book about like abusive relationships. Yeah. Because there's so much in here that's I like know. so like such teachable moments and like things that you can learn from. I love how Stephanie Meyer tries to explain this by being like, if the world was normal, Jacob would be my soulmate. But since the world is not normal, Edward is my true soulmate. So, like, I have two soulmates. And so she's like, so Jacob probably has, like, another soulmate, too. Mm. Save that for later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then in the book, we get a random epilogue from Jacob's point of view. Yeah. Which is going to set things up for the fourth book. I guess. And it didn't last long, but it lasted long enough for me to write, like, five Bad things about Jacob. Oh, Jacob sucks as a narrator. Oh, he's so bad. He is bad. He calls Leah a bitter harpy. Yeah. He he calls the sling his arm is in retarded. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> what else does he do? He did like five things Oh, in a row. yeah. He's like, I remember when I thought Leah was pretty. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow, I'm glad that you judge women based on how attractive they are, Jacob. Fuck you. <laughs> he's awful. And then he like mopes off yeah he's like and then he's like judging billy while he talks to him he's like i don't want to fucking listen to your story yeah he's like i'm a lone wolf i'm gonna be a lone wolf and then he runs away and he's like maybe i'll never turn back into jacob black yeah 
And that's the end of the book mm-hmm. and the movie. Yep. And that's where we're at. That's where we're at. God. <laughs> what a ride, Adina. What a ride. I agree. Um, In was... some ways, I did like this book because of like all the interesting exposition that happens. Like world yeah. building wise, it does help the mythology, really expands this universe. We get some of the Volturi, but we also hear more about like what they're there for. Yes. To like stop I did vampires, like that. to stop vampires from becoming like too powerful and drawing too much attention to themselves mm-hmm. with the newborns, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do have a question though that, I, that popped into my head. <laughs> what what actually changed from the beginning of this book to the end? Nothing. And it, that's what I told you before we read this. I was like, literally nothing happens in this book. And you were right. I was right. Nothing happens because the Victoria gets killed. But like that could have happened in the second book. Yeah. She like, was just like this convenient like background danger. Yeah element that it like, was just to postpone bella turning into a vampire mm-hmm. yeah and like the werewolves and the cullens are kind of getting along now but yeah. it's not like an agreement or a treaty or anything mm-hmm. she like cuts things off with jacob but then again they kind of were already cut off at the beginning yeah that's how we started the book yeah yeah and, i don't know and edward proposed to Bella at the end of the last one, right? Yeah, and now she agrees to marry him. So it took a whole book for Bella to agree to marry yes. Edward. That was the whole book. And like she, like Stephanie Meyer said, like this book's about her decision to become a vampire. Yeah. But she has been set on this idea Yeah, basically for a while. since the first book. So like, what? nothing changed. Nothing has changed. You could literally remove this entire book from like the Twilight Saga. Yeah. And it would almost fit back together. It would. That's so messed up. It is. It is. 630 pages of messed up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, The movie's better. The movie is definitely better. (laughs) I agree 100%. That's the answer to which one is better. Uh, Our classic hot take. Wow, we really had to struggle with that one. Oh, yeah. That was hard. No, it is. This is like this movie isn't as bad as some of the other movies. I was shocked by how competent this movie was. Yeah, like the acting isn't quite as bad. I feel like Jacob was worse in the second movie. He was. He's definitely pulling it together a little more for this one. And like you said, the effects were better. They clean up some of the plot points that are a little messy and streamline things and keep us with the the Riley newborn situation a little better. Yeah. So it feels a little more tense and less content. Yes. And like, I felt like the editing and stuff were better because like there were so many parts in like the second movie that were funny bad, I think partly because of the editing. Yeah. Like it would just hold on a shot a little bit too long or something like that. Like where the performances were made even more weird because of the editing. So yeah. Yeah, that was better. Just overall. I think you get the the impression of the book really well. And it does do the backstories of Rosalie and Jasper and the werewolf mythology. Like it touches on them, doesn't dwell. No. So you get all of that, but it's like much shorter. Yes. Much, much shorter. Everyone, if you are thinking about reading the book, don't just watch the movie. Yeah. (laughs) And we actually get to see a lot of the action sequences yeah. that we either just hear about Instead secondhand. Of Edward narrate them. <laughs> either hear about them after the fact or hear Edward narrate them. We actually yeah. get to see them and experience them a bit, which is way more entertaining. Yeah. So yeah. Movie's better. Movie for sure. All right, let's do the lightning round. Let's do lightning. 
Okay, so honestly, I feel like we have so much content for Lightning Round because this book is just like a gold mine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But something that I need to mention and we haven't talked about in the episode is Charlie and how terrible he is in the book. Yeah. We've talked about this in other episodes, but Bella is always fucking cooking for him. It is ridiculous and horrible and terrible. There are specific scenes in the book where Bella is cooking for Charlie. And there's one part where Charlie tries to cook for her and he literally puts a metal jar into the microwave and is like, oh, I'm so helpless. Like, (laughs) Bella, help me. And she has to take it out and be like, please don't set the house on fire. And then when she goes to Florida with her mom, the second she gets back from the airport, she starts making Charlie dinner. Like, she just got back from the airport. Like, give her a goddamn break. Like, order some fucking pizza. Jesus Christ, Charlie. And then, like, there's another part where she's doing the laundry and she's stripping the beds, like, his bed, too, and, like, doing that. And I just want to say another reason the movie is better is there is a scene in the movie (laughs) where Charlie is making himself a sandwich. Nobody comments on it. He's making himself a sandwich. And then he's like, hey, do you want one, Bella? And Bella's like, no, thanks. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing that had to it's have amazing been, like an intentional like, i was like yes <laughs> winking nodding at that whole aspect of the book that's my favorite part of the movies is that they skip bella literally caring for charlie as if he were a baby and doing yeah exactly uh so last episode we talked about how stephanie meyer talked about movies a lot but refused to like name <laughs> any of the movies that she was discussing oh yeah this time we get uh concerts where Bella buys Edward tickets to a quote unquote concert. Yeah. Uh, and with a band that he likes and the album that he listened to a lot, like (laughs) (laughs) refuses to name anything. And then later when something that was going to happen, I think the battle was going to happen the day of the concert. She's like, no, but the concert. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, (laughs) is this still going on? Name a band. Name any Any band. band. Make Make one one up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's so many options. Uh, But she just keeps saying, like, the concert with the band. You know, the one that you liked. (laughs) In a similar vein, we always get Charlie talking about the game. Yeah. He's, he's gotta watching be home. the game. He's watching the game. He's got to be home for the game. He's going to Billy's house to watch the game. Yeah. He and Billy are out fishing, but then suddenly Billy wanted to go back home and watch the game. Yeah. What game? Yeah. What oh my game? God. Yeah. It was so Jesus dumb. Christ. <laughs> like, it's so clear. You don't know what you're like. You have no, you've not thought about this at all. Like no. what you're like. Oh my God. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Uh, There also has to be a part in every book where Bella spends like one second with someone that's not the Cullens or a wolf. And that's someone (laughs) from her high school. And in this book, it's with Angela. And Angela's like, oh, can you help me like address all these envelopes? And Bella's like, girl time. (laughs) And I'm like, this is not girl time. It's (laughs) mandatory girl time. Yeah, this is not girl time. And like she talks about Angela she has fun with Angela, and then it's never brought up again. She never talks to Angela again. Nope. Her friends, I think, are dropped out of the picture in this story. Even more. Even more than any other. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the look of the vampires in this movie. Yeah. Particularly the blonde ones. Oh, my God. Because Carlisle... And Jasper. And Rosalie, too. And Rosalie. But most specifically, Carlisle. Yeah. Look so 
weird with blonde hair. And like super pale skin. They're super pale skin. They're like amber colored eyes. Yeah. And his blonde yellow hair. I'm like, how is he passing off as a human being? They look so weird. <sighs> not good. It no. was not working. No. There's also a scene in the movie where Jasper is telling Bella his whole like tragic backstory with the newborns. And Bella gets like really close to him when he's telling the story, like very close. And I'm like, girl, like last movie, (laughs) he literally tried to eat you because you got a fucking paperclip. And and this whole time in the books, we've been talking about how Jasper's like stayed away from her because he's the newest to like not eating humans and it's still hard for him. Yet in this scene, she was very, very close to him. And I'm like, how does this not matter anymore? Okay, like whatever. (laughs) I've forgiven you. Yeah. And all of your insatiable urges. Yeah. So weird. I have two really quick small things. One, we're talked, we're we're told about, uh, Renee's new husband yeah and how he got a baseball injury when he broke his quote-unquote thigh bone (laughs) and I was like his thigh bone (laughs) you mean his femur (laughs) have you ever heard anyone say thigh bone in your life no (laughs) like everyone knows that's called the femur maybe in like the dry bone song (laughs) what dry bone song yeah you know like the oh, the bones connected to, to the, the yeah yeah okay bone. maybe <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, I wish I had been keeping a tally of the number of times Stephanie Meyer uses the word glower. Ooh, Edward glowers at Jacob. Jacob glowers at Edward. Oh my God. Bella glowers at the sky. Did you catch this? No, I didn't. Oh my God. <laughs> So many times, Adina. <laughs> so many times. Uh, she needed a better editor for sure. Like yeah. that's what editing is for. There's just they're supposed to be like you've used this word 117 times. Like you need to yeah. fix this. <laughs> you need to tone it back a little, yeah. Stephanie. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's our lightning round. Yeah. And that's the end of Eclipse. Wow. We did it. <laughs> May it forever be in our rear view mirrors. <laughs> and we have Breaking Dawn to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Not ev- not only more pages, but two movies. Oh, God. We have to figure out how to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at cover two credits. That's the number two or mm-hmm. email us at cover to credits pod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram and we're on Patreon. We love everyone on Patreon. Just want to say thank you so much for supporting us. Yes. We appreciate it. We love you guys. We love all the messages you send. And yeah. Like getting it your, brings joy to our hearts, your feedback and your input on other episodes. So mm-hmm. please, if, if you haven't considered becoming a Patreon, please consider it. Cause we just love having that. Like, more close communication with people who will listen to the podcast. Yeah. And if you can't become a patron, leave us a review. That would be awesome. Yeah, or a star Apple rating. Podcasts, yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful. Anything is helpful or just reach out to us and let us know what you think of this episode or any episode we've done. Also let us know if you have any suggestions for future episodes. We love taking um, suggestions and incorporating them into our schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for listening. Thanks for being here. I'm glad we survived. We did. We Here made we it. Here we are. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about if Beale Street could talk. Not next week. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is classic Ian. As is tradition, I screwed it up. Next episode, yeah. coming out in two weeks, 
we'll be discussing if Beale Street could talk. Yes. And we will see you then. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.